The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet 100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. $250 cash and a $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn, and it's back. It's the BBW Show, Bankroll Builder Wednesday. And, uh, you know, I've never gotten to elaborate on why it was all a dream and we used to read Blood Horse Magazine. It's because we found a better outlet for my for our horse racing news speak of the devil joining me today i've got mark midland from horse racing nation um mark how's it going man it's great chase great to finally uh get on the pod and uh talk a little horse racing yeah yeah it's awesome to have you and you know like like i said uh i I, i've gone to to horse racing nation as my my number one source of of horse racing journalism like you guys have covered so many things lately so well Awesome. Appreciate it. We're always trying to get better, trying to incorporate more data and uh, things to help the horse player. And uh, there's so much going on. You know, the great thing about horse racing is there's always another race, always another star around the corner. That's that's what I say. You know, I I do this stuff for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and people are, you know, I hear people complain about, you know, 162 game baseball season or things like that. I'm like, listen, literally 24 hours a day, two minutes apart. If the sun is up somewhere, and even if it's not, there are horses running in circles that you can wager on. Yeah. I mean, and the great thing about horse racing, right, is it you can see who's best in a minute or two. And uh, I, I think over the years when people ask me about other sports, I just have a hard time with 162 games. And so now, you know, I've really gravitated when I'm not, you know, focusing on the horses to, you know, NFL, college football and college basketball, because you know, you can't say every game counts. Well, maybe not every every game, but when you're in 16 game seasons and you know less and and uh, or when they're at 17 in the NFL and less in college football and you know college basketball, those games all kind of matter to see who your team is and build and develop and stuff like that. But right and, time with the 162 games, man. <laughs> I and I mean, with with college football, like as opposed to the NFL, like. Uh... It's it's not like uh, you can miss the playoffs because you won your division, but you you didn't look good while you were doing it. Like right. there there are no style points in the NFL. There are very much some in, in college football. Which, by the way, uh, congratulations on uh, Burt having a good season at uh, at Illinois. Uh, it's, the the yeah. the the Arkansas cast off making right. He's he oh just, really? Yeah, he just he works in the in in the Big Ten. I think that's that's my opinion. Is that he's just made for coaching Big Ten football. Yeah, I think he's done better with recruiting, and yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's really crazy why Illinois football's not been any good, and uh, the basketball team's looking really good. I'm, I'm mostly an Illinois basketball fan, as you can imagine, and uh, um, yeah, lots to be excited about there. We got a really nice transfer from Texas Tech, and uh, and uh, 
I think one from Baylor as well. So uh, or maybe nice. I'm combining the two. Yeah, <laughs> just into one amalgam of a of a Texas yeah. university. So yeah. did you did you have a good uh, Breeders' Cup? Did you did you get a front row seat of a flight line just doing something freakish? Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, flight line was great. Uh, got out there, you know, uh, saw a lot of great racing. Uh, talked to you know talked to a lot of people. It just was an awesome two days at Keeneland. Uh, betting wise, you know, like a lot of people was challenging and then I got it all back on a horse called blue stripe and the distaff that, you know, was right there with, uh, you know, three noses on the wire, right. At about mm-hmm. 22 to one. And, uh, that was a kind of great one where I played it, I don't want to say perfectly, but I had it in, you know, the wind spot, I had it in the exact in second, I had it in the trifecta in third, I had it in the trifecta in second. And it was one of those where. I don't really even care about the photo. I, I've got this pretty good. So that that was me with Forte on on Friday. I I went whole enchilada on Forte. I, awesome. I had the win, the exacta, the trifecta, the super. Like I hit the super. I hit the ten cent super on a forty cent ticket where it was like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, I, I call them my room temp superfectas where they're not quite ice cold. They're a little bit warmer than that. Where I go like, uh, you know. A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, like yeah. in those and, and just managed to, to put it together, which I mean, I'm not I don't want to toot my horn too much because that was that one wasn't too hard to have when it came to to superfectas. But Blue Stripe was a heartbreaker for me. I wish I would. have. I got cute and didn't bet place place or show like I, I went win on uh, Blue Stripe and uh, was Ooh. it society was a society on the, yeah. the the horse the outside that had the speed. Yeah, I, I went win on on Blue Stripe, and I thought about trying to structure a cute little trifecta, and I, I don't think I would have had Malathot in second for some reason, but, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. It ended up being a pretty, you know, it was a good weekend where I was extremely right in a couple of spots. I was extremely wrong in a lot of spots, but I feel like that sums up just a lot of people's Breeders' Cup weekends ever since mm-hmm. Breeders' Cups have been in existence. Yeah it's it's tough it's tough two days of racing and uh you know and if you you, you can live by those horizontals and die by those horizontals right because you, you can have a couple nice races in a row but if you're playing pick fours and you you know a caravel blows you out in the turf sprint you can lose a string of stuff and and lose a string of stuff that you're starting it's the kind of weekend that's even hard to just string together doubles or pick threes right. sometimes yeah. like i i feel like i always tell myself all right i'm just gonna go in and play concert you know I say conservatively with pick threes with how I want to, how I want to structure this and everything. And I end up just, you know, I, I get one out of three, right? Because something crazy always happens, uh, man. So we talked about the, the highest of horse racing. We're going to get to talk about, uh, I'm not going to say the lowest, but I'm going to say that maybe the grimiest of horse racing. When we, we, uh, talk about aqueducts Friday card for our bankroll builder Wednesday, uh, if you haven't listened to the show before, uh, Mark and I are both going to have a $100 budget. It's basically just what we think is the best way to play this card. So we'll kind of go through all the races, maybe say, yeah, we like this. It was a pass. It wasn't a pass, whatever. And Mark's got some really cool uh, reports that, through uh, HRN that he's going to have at his disposal that he'll have a, a little bit more insight. I'm not going to say it will change my plays, but it might probably definitely change my plays uh yeah feel free to change we got a lot of time we're we're doing this on wednesday and uh morning lines aren't even out which is both a challenge but also a good thing right because uh 
we're picking horses that we like and not worrying too much about price and looking at we're not being swayed by those morning line odds. So I yeah, I got mine in before the morning line like you did, and I just checked and on Equibase, they just came up. Okay. So well, I I could give us a little insight. We can play how much that horse cost, uh, which is a fun, yeah. fun game. There you go. All right. Yeah. We we are gonna take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. When we get back, we're gonna get all up in BBW Bankroll Builder Wednesday with Mark Midland from Horse Racing Nation. We will be right back, ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet win hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Oh, oh, oh. I keep telling myself I need to adjust the volume on that sound drop because uh, I'm sure people. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, if Biggie won't get you hyped for Friday racing at Aqueduct, I, I, I don't think you got a pulse, quite honestly. And we so, got some good races. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I don't I don't need anything else. I'm, uh, you know, the ducked on Friday, some good turf racing. You know, they come off the turf. It gets a little bit down. But uh, I think we're gonna, you said you looked at the weather. We're looking good, right? Yeah, uh, I, I want to say they had some rain that maybe came in overnight last night. So I think we get two days of drying before this yeah. Friday card, uh, which is going to make it interesting. So just recap here. Here's what we're going to do. $100 bu- budget, any race, any type of bet, whatever we think will be profitable at the end of the day. So let's go ahead. Let's dive into the card. Uh, so race one was eight and a half on the inner turf, made in special weight. Uh, for me, this was a, a pass. Uh, I, I, the reason being, I want to watch a race on the turf since they should be on some moisture overnight to kind of get an idea of how this is playing. And I know looking at like a, you know, a maiden special weight race, isn't necessarily the best way to do that. Cause it can really trick you into thinking there's maybe like a speed bias or something. So I'll be watching this race to see if any horses pass, because I I'm just kind of conditioned to think that maiden special weight races are going to be one typically from the front or, or close to it. Did you have anything in race one or was it a pass also? Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of had the same instinct originally to, to look at a pass here. And, you know, then I kind of started uh, digging it, into it a little bit more. And I said, you know, this is kind of an interesting race. I like the fact that there's open openness in here. It's turf. And uh, I think people are going to be attracted to, um, you know, the one is a shug that put in a nice close on the turf, but kind of feels like you got a setup and you see that horse getting bet a lot. Uh, then we've got the seven is a Chad, um, two closes, but, you know, not super impressive. And then the eight 
you know, same kind of thing for Mike Maker. Um, so with 178, I think factor, but I'm kind of hoping that they run second or third. And so I'm kind of looking at a trifecta here. Um, I think, you know, there's not a lot of sp speed in here. And so uh, anytime you get speed uh, on aqueduct turf, uh, it's, it's pretty dangerous. So I was looking at the five, which is uh, Rudy Rodriguez, that uh, uh, last time out, uh, he had a little trouble. He went fast. It says hustled four wide on the first turn, stalked outside, chased three wide, uh, four path at the quarter pole. So that sounds kind of like a nightmare trip, and I don't think people are going to be necessarily keying on a Rudy to turn the tables on the Shug and the Chad and the Maker. And then the 11 is a Mott horse that also has some nice pace and uh, – comes out of the same race and has a little bit of bigger, better figure will probably be bet. But I was looking at, uh, you know, I think the Mott can rate behind the Rudy and I think both of them could have a nice shot. So, so we're looking at the five eleven over the one seven eight, and then a little torn on this too. It's a Pletcher. Um, didn't do a lot of running, but I think that's a, probably a nice include with Irad. So I'm looking at a, a trifecta five eleven over one five seven eight uh eleven well add the two one two five seven eight eleven over one two five seven eight eleven and uh it's twenty dollars for a fifty cent bet and uh, I just think that could be a really nice way to kick off the card. I I I love that you're on Mark because I if something we both really just get into is how to structure vertical yeah. bets like you're you're the only other handicapper that I know and talk to on a regular basis that will kind of get I don't know. It seems like this phrase gets overused on TVG quite a bit, but I'm going to use it uh, crazy with the cheese whiz uh, in terms of how, how, how we structure things and how we, how we put things together. And I've seen, listen, folks, I've seen this dude hit some ridiculous, super high fives with just some crazy structures. So worth listening whenever he's putting these, uh, these bets together. Uh, so race two, yep. I got, got into the mix with a trifecta here. Uh, I really like this race for kind of the pace dynamic. I also like that it's on the main track. It's an eight and a half furlong, AKA one mile race, $32,000 claimer. I, I thought you should have a clear cut leader uh, and you should have another horse that I really like stocking in the wide path. I think both of them are, are pretty good win candidates. The first one being the number four Prince of Pharaohs, who I think is likely to get the lead uh, was stuck in the three hole at Toga last out. So was running against that, that Toga seven furlong, uh, mm -hmm. you know, inside three bias, which, uh, remember folks at Saratoga at seven furlongs, one, two, three, one through three is dead to me Four or more <laughs> big fucking score. Uh, uh so Prince Pharaoh's likely to get the lead first off the layoff for Linda Rice. And there's a lot of high percentage plays, uh, or sorry, moves, you know, at work here for Linda with, uh, coming off a long layoff. It's a sprint to route routes claimer. She does well with all of them. And I think the, the distance is going to hit that horse pretty much right between the eyes. The other one was Winterpool. The reason I really like Winterpool is the fact that Winterpool uh, is going to get kind of like a, a wider path stocking trip, which I really leaned on in the uh, the back backwaduct meets. Uh, baby got back. Belmont race with the aqueduct booty. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this would be, you know, stocking with a wide path, really hot commodity at the claim box, and then lands in the Inglehart bar uh, barn, who's really just a heavy hitter first off the claim. So I put in a $5 trifecta here. Uh, That's strong. Yeah. Going, going with these two on top four and six, then three, four, six, then two, three, four, six. It's a $40 total play. 
uh, keeping it skinny, but it's also just a just a six horse race. I don't know what it is about six horse races at Aqueduct that make me just want to tee off, but I, I love just slamming the these sort of just like short fields at Aqueduct over the winter. So that was four six. That's uh, Prince of Pharaohs and Winterpool in first. Then we wheel in Eben for uh, Chad Summers, and then uh, we uh, wheel in in third the two Grumps Little Tots. God, I love slash hate this horse. Love slash hate Grumps Little Tots. I feel like I get busted up by Grumps Little Tots quite a bit. Did you have any plays in race two? No, not really. I just, the only thing I want to comment is like Eben's like that horse for me. But, you know, at these seven furlong, eight, eight furlong races, every once in a while he just shows up with these killer races like he did last time. And uh, I don't know what to do with him. So that was one of the reasons why I just wanted to kind of pass here. All right. So moving on, race three, six furlongs on the turf. Uh, it's a New York bread made in special weight. Uh, I was another pass here. I, I just thought there may be a little bit too, too many unknowns, uh, for, you know, bankroll building purposes, uh, in this race. Uh, nothing that I wanted to fire at with any sort of confidence. Cause I mean, with these, I might end up making four or five plays, but if I do it, it's usually like four or five pretty strong plays in my, my better opinions. What about you race three player pass? Yeah, I'm a little torn here, so I might go with a, with a little cheapy because I think I've got something in race five. So how about a little pick three? Start it here with a seven nine. Um, I, I agree. I'm a little uncertain how this goes, but I think speed's been pretty good on the Aqueduct uh, turf sprints. So the two and seven, um, they're both going to be out there. The two's fast. They were both fast at Saratoga. Now they get a different surface. And uh, I read, you know, you never know what he, he'll do on this seven. He may stalk. So I was going to go two seven with five seven with five. So that's only four combinations. So why don't we hit that for like a $2 pick three? And that's uh, eight bucks. Georgia Brayu, 43% right now at Aqueduct. Granted, that's three of seven. Uh, so a little small, smaller sample size there. It's like fun with inflated stats whenever someone hits like two home runs in the, the opening day of baseball yeah, season. Right. It's like they're on pace to hit. 324 home runs this year. Um, but yeah, that's a big start. I really like Georgia Brayo as a sneaky trainer to use. I also yeah. really like that structure that you're using. I'm a big fan of those of those part wheels. The other thing I do want to mention, so the fifth race is a maiden race. And uh, even though the horse I'm keying on is not, is a fourth-time starter, so it's not a firster, but uh, I've been playing a lot of firsters and second-time starters. And what I've been trying to do is get them in the blind legs. So, you know, you, you don't want to get them you're, if, if they get bet down, if you see something and everybody else sees something once by the time you get to the race or the double, you know, they get pounded. It's too late. So um, you want I want to get to them to the third leg of a pick three or a later leg and a pick, you know, three pick four pick five. And uh, that way, I feel like I'm getting the full price or maybe more um, if, you know, the betting goes away. I think it might. OK. So let me see. And I actually, so this, your seven Fuko uh, was three to one for Georgia Bray with Irad Ortiz okay. and the two built to last Tom Morley, which, you know, Mark Capitan will, uh, will be uh, betting the, the built to last because he is a, just a Tom Morley fanboy. Uh, okay. five to two. So okay. I, good with that then. yeah, I, I, you know, and I like the structure, even overlays, you know, on, 
top in those part wheels, but it's sometimes, I mean, at the same time, if you have two horses that both look strong, it's a main race, you're guaranteed to probably get some prices underneath in, in the trifecta. Cause I mean, you liked the four as well. And it looks like the four was 21. No, I'm, I'm oh. three. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's like, that's the best way to kick off a pick three. Then the horses that are probably going to win. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm with you. I, I'm willing to burn a little money on a race that I don't love, um, but I did settle on the favorites. There you go, without without seeing the morning line. And, uh, yeah, they get me through. And that, that's all I'm trying to do is get a little bit of equity live to the five in race five. And, I mean, with the $1 base pick three at Naira, they always pay way better than yeah. you think they should. They pay great, yeah. All right, we are going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. When we come back, we're going to be firing off the rest of our plays for Bankroll Builder Wednesday here with Mark Capitan, or sorry, Mark Midland from Horse Racing Nation. Mark Capitan is my my ginger friend that we rip on constantly. All right, we will be right back. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. It's a $250 cash and $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Make sure to check out all the World Cup content on sportsgamblingpodcast.com and get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the D-Gen in your life. I really like the baby fucking whale shirt. All the college experience shirts. There's even this year's Tickle Me Elmo, a.k.a. the Draft Day puzzle with Kramer's face on it. And plus, from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code DALLASSUCKS. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com, promo code DALLASSUCKS, D-A-L-L-A-S-S-U-C-K-S, as if you needed help spelling suck. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports gambling podcast network mark midland from horse racing nation is here with me we are making some handicapping jazz are you aware of the music known as jazz so we we just mark just kicked off his pick three in race three moving on race four uh did you have any uh plays or for race four or did you just kind of let your pick three ride through there yeah i think well yeah i did want to start another pick three but uh so here i was kind of uh Five, five, seven um, with maybe the two, six as a, as B's. So uh, kind of uh, a little bit uh, hedging there. So what I was going to do is a, a couple pick threes trying to get through here. Uh, the first one to go a $4, five, seven with the five, with the five, seven. So uh, keeping the theme there of the five, seven, and then do a $2, two, six with five, with five, seven. Okay. I I like that you're bringing up the six because that was actually – I decided to just go in on a win place on that six. The number okay. six is Hatch uh, for Carlos Martin, I believe. Uh, yeah. I thought that the way that this race shaped up, that there, it looked like it was just going to fall perfectly to Hatch. Uh, when I kind of doodled out the uh, what I thought the pace picture would be like in this one, uh, I, I thought that basically – Hatch would be able to run whatever trip, uh, you know, it, it wanted to because it's going to have just a massive horses in front of it, and uh, we'll, we'll be able to either, you know, go wide, go up the rail, kind of dealer's choice there. And I, I thought with the pace it would really fit pretty well. So I was a fifteen dollar win place there. The horse really looks like it's rounding into form and uh, might really enjoy the move back to dirt and might be really dangerous second on the dirt after uh, it really kind of came alive last time. 
Uh, plus, Carlos Martin is 0 for 2 this meet, which is, once again, small sample size, but could be uh, just a, a terrible reason for this horse to be undervalued, or I guess a great reason in my case for this horse to, horse to be undervalued. So, I yeah, $15. I, I'd try to stick to win bets, but I do think that you might get a little bit of value in the place pool. Plus, if I'm building bankroll, I, I kind of like to have that little insurance. So I, I was $15 win place there. Uh, man. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I went I went pretty strong <laughs> in a few places. Uh, all right. We're keeping on. this to $100 or several hundred dollars? Uh, to 100 So for my first play, the trifecta is $40 total. I'm at 70 now. All right. So I've got basically just one more play. That's a, a win bet and a daily double that comes up later in the card. Okay. So looking at it, let's go move on to. And I, and I did like that six. I thought that's why I wanted to include him as a B. And I thought, you know, I wanted to include four horses there. That these seven horse dirt fields are sort of my nemesis. Uh, I think they're it's a little unclear at times, right? Sometimes something breaks away, and then it's lone speed and it wires, or sometimes they go too fast. And five, another maiden special weight, eight furlongs. Once again, New York breads. Uh, this is for two year old fillies. Uh, I, I took a hard pass here. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to find a couple horses to maybe layer in to try to go with a, uh, maybe like a pick three, because I, I really like a, a longer kind of bomb in race six and that, that turf race. Uh, what, what did you have for race five or was this a pass? So this was the race I was trying to get to the five, uh, really like this five and, uh, thought it was really interesting. It's a fourth time starter but it's never been on a fast dirt track. So it's gone from turf sprint to off the turf sprint into the mud to a turf route and now to a uh, dirt route on hopefully a fast track. Um, but uh, it's one dirt race in the mud. I thought was real good. Pratt was up, which I think is a good sign for Linda Rice. It ran a good second. And I think if you start really start getting into the, the, the figures of the quarter times and half times, I just think it's the fastest horse in the race. It's a fast, it's faster to the quarter. It's faster to the half. And I don't know. What do you got for a morning line there, Chase? Do you have it? It is two to one. All right. So I'm on the, I'm on the chalk. Uh, and uh, David Aragon is very good at the morning lines, but uh, I did yeah. think this horse was a bit of a standout. And what's interesting is a lot of horses in this race are coming off uh, turf. Uh, so I don't know if this race was originally scheduled maybe for a turf and they just moved it in the condition book to a mile in the dirt, but the two and the three um, have come off turf races, uh, never been on dirt, the six, same thing. Um, and a couple of these, like the five and seven have been on dirt in a while. So anyway, so I was in on the five and I was going to really kind of push here um, with a $10 pick three, five here to the five, seven in the next and the two in race seven. Okay. $20 investment. There you go. I, so I, I do think that I don't think that your horse will go off favorite. Yeah. Uh, so I like that kind of strong play into it because just to the inside, you have miss fashionista for Todd Pletcher in the Rapoli silks in the Mets colors with I up. You got to think that that horse is going to be nine to five, eight to five, maybe even seven to five going into the, going into the post. Cause I think that one gets absolutely slammed with money. I mean, Linda Rice has been doing pretty well, but I mean, this is, I mean, Todd and Rapoli at Aqueduct. I, I got to think that's going to take a ton of money. This is the the time of year where uh, my buddy Caleb Knight always says we, you get your, uh, 
your your fake ass Todd's. Like you're 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 like if you were any good, you'd probably be on your way to Gulfstream at this point. Kind of kind of Todd Pletcher horses. So uh, I I kind of like taking plays against uh, trainers like Chad Brown or, or Todd Pletcher in these right. uh, in, in these races. Moving on, race six. This is where I ran out of money. I really like this race because there's one horse that I, I hit at a huge price uh, when it when it broke its maiden. Uh, Rombeek the four. Uh, mm-hmm. this is a mile and three eighths on the turf, and it's not just sentimental value. Why I like Rombeek, uh, for one, I do my pace projections different. Yes, they look a whole lot like time form, but they go theirs go left to right, mine go right to left. So I have that kind of like vanilla ice behind the music denial factor, like. <laughs> Now mine goes duh, 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 duh. not the same. So they can't sue me. Stay off me time form. Uh, but I thought, you know, laying out the pace, I thought Ron Beek is going to be sitting just the perfect pocket trip. I really like that the horse is getting back to like true two turn racing. Uh, because I mean, you look at the last time the horse ran a true two turn race. It was at Saratoga and uh, won by a neck at you know, eight eight dollars and sixty cents uh you know i thought the horse was was trending up and you know with the two turns it's enough for me to take the chance so i i went with the ten dollar win on rombique i think the horse is really gonna like the distance and then i went ahead and i played a strong double ten dollar daily double with rombique into two horses i really like in race seven which i'll quickly mention uh the six american law for danny gargan who just looks like the, you know, the speed of speed in a maiden special weight race. And the seven, uh, Smoke and Heat, uh, who's another one where I kind of picked out, uh, you know, to be sitting kind of that wider trip and maybe coming from off the pace. And if, you know, that horse can pass other horses, then it's probably got a great chance to actually, you know, get up and it's going to be running on a, a pretty favorable, you know, piece of track, which, I mean, according to, my bias and you know what I'm remembering out of out of the backwaduct meet. It might have changed while my, my focus was strictly on Keeneland. You guys do uh track bias reports for with HRN, correct? We have the uh the track trends stats. So if you go, they're free actually. If you go to a horse racing nation at the top under betting, it's a, there's a free track trends tool. That's the TTT. And uh, that that will you know you can pull for any date range, any distance, and uh, it's it's a great tool. I rely on that a lot. Like you're saying, like the seven for long dirt races at Saratoga. You know, if you can identify a trend like that, and you can use it for months to come, uh, you know, to play against horses or play for horses, it's it's, it's so such a value. It's it's actually one of the things that put me on uh, uh, Forte in the uh, in the uh, juvenile, and it, it was because the horse ran from an inside post, the inside three at Saratoga mm-hmm. and one, and one then ran from off the pace at Keeneland whenever Keeneland yeah. was really speed favoring. So it had beaten the bias twice. And, yep. uh, That's you sharp. know, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, I did not expect the price on Rombeek to be this big, but I guess when you get Jalen Samuel, uh, and Robert Roboto together, uh, bombs happen. Uh, so it is 15 to one Rombeek. Right into uh the six and seven in the next race and i'll go ahead and give you the odds there uh so american law was two to one and then seven to two so i'm keying the long shot and spreading to the uh spreading to the the you know two chalkier plays in in the next race 
Okay. Uh, where where were you with uh, race six? Did you have a play here? So I had my pick three still hopefully alive. So uh, alive, what, what do we have for odds on the five and seven? And, you know, the five was a shug. I'd expect it to be the favorite. Um, it, you know, it's coming off a nice second at Keeneland and a distance race at, at Kentucky Downs at a mile fifth, uh, five sixteenths. It broke its maiden easily in hand late. So um, kind of have the feeling that like this is the kind of shug that's uh, going to win at nine to five by a neck. And I was trying to beat him, but I just really couldn't. And uh, I like the seven the way it was coming into it. So I, I, I wanted to add the seven. You, you're really going to want the seven. Uh, so the five personal best for Suge McGahee, which, by the way, I call Suge's kids sweet and low. Um, and it was two to one. It looks like the morning line yeah. favorite. And then the seven, my lips are sealed. Manny Fraco, Rob Atras for Team Block and Rich, whatever. I can't, it didn't, it cuts mm-hmm. me off on equal base. 15 to one. Yeah. 15 to one shot. So you're really going to want that seven. Yeah. And you might, might consider that seven in an exacta under, under the five or under, you know, maybe include with your um, beak and an exacta box. Uh, I just thought that this horse uh, was wide, moved into a hot pace. Um, this race that's coming out of she's a Mia that's one is night. It's just, it was just deeper race. I think than you know, the shugs coming out of a maiden race at Keeneland. Okay. Or uh, no, it was a non, non one or non one. But, uh, anyway, I thought there was a chance, uh, that that horse might be uh, classy enough to do it. So, so I was trying to get through my pick threes with the five, seven and then get on to race seven. All right. So I tapped out in race in race six, but, I would hopefully still be alive after Ron Beek uh, trots uh, just gloriously to victory at, at a huge price in the in the uh, the last race. To uh, but I would be alive to uh, smoke and heat and the six American Law. Uh, where were you with race seven? Yeah, so race seven. Um, you know, it's kind of an interesting maiden race. It's a little bit wide open, like you're saying. There's a couple different ways to go. Um, I just didn't think there was that much speed for uh, you know it's a mile. Um, the uh, oh my morning lines finally came in here uh the six american law that you pointed out um looks like he could be the speed um you know it's it's sort of route speed he's not exactly you know super fast um and so i was landing on this rudy rodriguez who wow morning line 12 to 1 it's a first time starter uh i've done pretty well with these type of first timers and uh if you look at the works on the uh on the two um, you know, he came up to race 47, one breezing a 48 from the gate. Uh, and then our first time a report on horse racing nation, uh, if you, you know, looking up the details. So Rudy overall, he's 14% with first timers with a, uh, HR and impact of plus 24%. So it's like an ROI stat, but better, um, at aqueduct, he's 17% with firsters. Uh, plus 38%. And first time dirt route, I thought this was really interesting. He's 35% winners, six out of 17, which is pretty amazing. Most trainers cannot win uh, first time at dirt routes. It's, it's very difficult to do, or turf route for that matter. Uh, 35% winners, positive impact of 129%. And, uh, and then uh, first time dirt route at Aqueduct, getting really specific, he's three for 11. So he's 27% with an impact of plus 89. Uh, Sire's Medallia Doro, obviously a, a dirt route sire. Um, he's got, he's winning 18% with the uh, Jose Gomez up. 
So to me, there was just a lot to like here. The works are there. Um, the field's not that tough and wow, 12 to one. So at that price, I'm going to have to go 10 to one in place on the, uh, two, in addition to, uh, uh, the pick threes that I had going and hopefully, uh, I can get those through, you know, the, now that you've brought this horse up and looking at it, I actually, I really like this play, uh, for one, uh, you get the weight break of, of bug boy, Jose Gomez yeah. only going to be carrying 116 pounds, which is like a five, you know, five pound break, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to everyone else, which I mean, in a maiden special weight, kind of rare that you get those sort of breaks. Um, do love the work pattern. You mentioned the 48 uh, breezing out of the gate. Uh, and then what I really like is seeing the 52nd uh, slow work on, on Halloween. I love that move where you get a just a great bullet work and they come back with a leg stretcher before that first start. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I like that quite a bit too. And I'll tell you what, I hope that I hit some of my early bets so I can finance maybe a, a little win place on, on this one also, since I'll be covered to uh, two other horses in the, in the daily double. Uh, it might even, that might even talk me into going back and putting this horse into my daily double. Uh, you know, if I, if I hit something earlier. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love this kind of plays and see, this is why, you know, now, David Aragona is really great with morning lines, right? So 12 to 1, maybe there's not a lot of steam here. But uh, obviously, if there's steam day of, he, you know, he won't go off at 12 to 1. You might get 5 to 1 or 6 to 1. So that's why I wanted to catch him in that, like I said, in those in the blind leg of the pick three, hopefully, uh, and, and get a chance to get that full 12 to 1 or more. Uh, the I, other thing that's just, as we're talking about it, I wanted to mention is, uh, sibling-wise, he's a half to a few winners, but one is a horse called Appealing Tail, born in 2010, that doesn't really ring a bell with me. I had to look him up, but his top time form was a 126, which is pretty huge. Um, this horse, ran, he ran second in the Triple Bend at Santa Anita, a uh, grade one sprint. He ran second in the t San Diego Handicap in 2015, and then he won the Pat O'Brien um, so I don't know if you remember appealing tail, but, uh, so he's half to a grade one winner. So I think that's another reason to like him. You know, there's so many horse names that are so similar that they yeah. all kind of blend into one. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I totally know appealing tail. Uh, probably, probably don't though. Um, what's, so you kind of, you brought up your, your first timer report and what I really think is cool about the first timer reports is that it's not like it's not like your other kind of like handicapping kind of statistics reports where it's, you know, just this, this trainer does this with, you know, this kind of horse and this kind of move. You also bring in like your HRN impact thing, which is more about like finding value and finding undervalued horses. It, 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 I'm correct there, right? That's, yeah. that's kind of more, more of how it looks into it, which I mean is a great place to just find like a contrarian zig. Like you kind of got with this, uh, with safe bet where everyone's zagging, you're zigging. Yeah, and those are the ones that really pay off. And then just real quick on the HRN uh, impact, the, the reason we came up with that is if you really think about it, like let's say a trainer's two for 20 with a move. Well, when you start measuring ROI, you actually add up what the two winners pay and then you divide by $40 to bet all 20. Well, it doesn't look at the other 18. Maybe all 20 were favored or maybe all 20 were long shots. So that's it's really, when you start really thinking about it, uh, especially in small sample sizes of, you know, 20 is a small sample. Um, ROI is, is a terrible statistic. It's useless. I, I almost advocate throwing it out completely where, so what we did with the HRN impact is it says, okay, 
what were the odds of the 20 horses that started in this case? Um, what, how many times should they have won? So the way you think about it this way, a 10 to one roughly should win 10% of the time. That's right. Cause they have, you have the expected winners in it too. You have the expected winners. And okay. that's, that's where the math comes in. So if uh, you know, so if you're sending out a 10 to one in 10 rate, they should win 10% of the time. So after 10 races, you should have one win after 20 races, you should have two wins. So that would be a zero impact if you if you won uh, two out of 20 with 10 to one shots. But if you won two out of 20 with four to one shots, you would have a highly negative impact. And then, you know, and so what this gets to is, you know, who's getting bad appropriately not, whether it's a trainer, a jockey or a move. And uh, it, it's just really helpful. And I think the other thing, too, that really opened my eyes and one of the reasons we kind of pushed on this so hard is on the sires. If you start talking about, you know, into mischiefs and, you know, the Curlins and these best sires, right? And a lot of them, they win at 16% first time out or whatever. Well, who, who do you think the Curlins are going to, right? right. Who, right. who are the into mischiefs going to? Well, they're going to Todd, Chad, Brad, and all kinds of guys that win first out. So if you have a into mischief going to a trainer that, you know, 2% first time out, he's, he's not going to win at a 16% rate. And so what we're trying to do is get a level below that and say, you know, okay, so Rudy overall, Rudy Rodriguez is a 14% uh, first time trainer. But when you start breaking it down to like, you know, this is a New York guy, right? Maybe he targets a couple for Saratoga and the rest, he says, well, these are the ones that can win at Aqueduct or, you know, at Belmont or in the fall or the winter. So the fact that he's 17% at Aqueduct or in the case of breaking down to the, you know, dirt routes at Aqueduct, you know, 27%, like to me, like that's the stat you want to get to. Um, Cause you know, these guys, a lot of times though, they're going to, you know, they have their specialty, right? Whether it be turf sprints or dirt routes or what have you, uh, or winning first time out or, or not. So you kind of want to get down to that detail. It's, it's like, it's like 3d degen chess because you're not only <laughs> handicapping the trainers, the, the sires and everything, but you're honestly also handicapping John Q betting public. Uh, yeah. it's, it gives you a good idea of where the money might flow and, uh, you know, where, where you might still get a price uh, as opposed to or you might get a little bit of a price float. Or if you got a, a good longer price horse, you might get, you know, an even longer price horse because the betting public hasn't gotten wise to it. I like it. I like it. It's 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 pretty cool. It's very cool, in fact. Thank you. No, I like it. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And then just to be clear, to kind of back up, what got me interested in this horse was the works. He's fast enough to win. Then I get into the trainer stats. I, I don't I don't go into trainer stats and sire stats on slow horses. I'm just there's no point. And I think right. I think that's where people can bark up the wrong tree. And I only pulled up the sibling winner as we were talking. So I didn't even even include that. And I know some people, a lot of people have been successful handicapping the families. And if you can, that's great. I would just rather focus on, is this horse fast? And then also, I think this field is sort of, I don't want to say weak, but it's average. Um, so I think that's something that's important to look at as well. That was race seven. I am tapped out. I am all invested through race seven. So if it's going to be eight, nine or 10, Mark is carrying us the rest of the way home. So race eight, did you have anything left? Uh, I think technically I probably have about $8 left, but uh, race eight, I just wanted to note that uh, this is a tough race, but I thought uh, kind of coming down to uh, Phantom Smoke. So that's uh, the 10 uh, running with scissors. I thought this was an interesting horse. Um, Irad gets up. He's breaking from the outside. Again, 
outside has done well in turf sprints. And uh, I think this would be a good place just to kind of finish my balance off. I'll just go four to win in place on running with scissors. Uh, running with scissors, eight to one. Uh, uh, worth noting on running with scissors is the um, what the fuck is Irad doing here stat? Yeah. Because uh, I, I mean, when we think of power couples, I mean, Irad and John Kirby has to come come straight to mind, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that got my attention. Um, you know, I think he'll be in a good spot. He can track the speed as as Irad does. Uh, last race. So this is kind of interesting. I'm running with scissors. Last race, he was against uh, Thin White Duke, which I think the horse kind of won minor, if there are minor stakes or certainly feature races at Saratoga and, and Baqueduct. And uh, that was a really tough race, I thought. And this horse was kind of in there all the way to the end, breaking from the 10 hole with uh, Trevor McCarthy. Now he gets a more reasonable field. I read Ortiz, you know, you don't get 43 to one, you get eight to one or maybe a little less, but I thought this was a real interesting play. Um, and so, you know, this is a horse that you could use too in a pick three or pick five sequence. There there's a horse in here. Who's just been an absolute money burner for me that I actually, I, I think I subconsciously went ahead and spent all of my bankroll before this race so that I didn't put any money on this horse and fall into the trap again which is uh, we don't say cheap speed here because it's, it's derogatory. Uh, the, the inexpensive velocity of number two bar 14. Uh, mm. This ho- horse has been like a speed ball on the front end and just never lasts. So I'm actually really glad that all a hundred dollars are spoken for so that I do not waste any of it on, on bar 14. Again, I just talked that horse into the winner circle. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. But uh, um Cool. No, it's a good, it's a good little race. I think there's a little more clarity on that than maybe the the earlier turf sprint. Um, all right. So we should we move on to race nine? Um, just wanted to mention um, uh, there's a ton of speed in race nine. So this is actually an interesting race if you want to get into and try to look uh, uh, try to get at something a little interesting. Um, the six and the nine are the most logical closers. And uh, I see in the morning line, they're, they're nine to two and three to one. So, you know, David Aragona didn't miss that. Uh, but I think the two is really interesting here. Uh, coming on, uh, you know, kind of sitting just off the pace, third by one, moved into the pace, second by a head last time. Uh, it, it says chase four wide, three wide, four wide. So sort of a tough trip. And there's a ton of speed in here, and he's 10 to 1, and he's uh, coming out of post 2 with, uh, is it Omar Hernandez? I'm not, I always forget, um, you know, not the, the not Irad Ortiz or anything up. But uh, I thought if this horse stayed off the speed by a couple links, he could actually be dangerous and kind of get first run on the closers and, and perhaps win. So I thought that was a horse that could uh, be a nasty upsetter in, you know, the pick threes, fours, and fives. I kind of I saw the same thing uh, okay. with in in terms of how this pace kind of kind of shaped up. Like when I did my pace projection, I think I had four horses all kind of outgoing for for the lead yeah. with uh, two, seven, six, nine, and one all trailing behind. With one being uh, the one coming from farthest behind, uh, being the deepest closer. So I actually I it was one of those things. I hope I hit my earlier bets because I wouldn't mind putting down uh, a little bit on doc, doc rock, the number, the number one at 15 to one with, for uh, Bruce Levine with uh, Javier Castellano up. Yeah. I looked at him. I definitely wanted to include him in third in the trifecta and he's, you know, um, 
second off a layoff. And uh, yeah, there's some definite things to like Castellano and uh, and he can come off it a little bit. So absolutely. That's not a bad betting race, even though we're both uh, tapped. And then uh, I guess, should we move on to the last? Yeah. Uh, did you have anything in race 10? I actually, I kind of just, I, I only kind of glanced at this one and just kind of gave it a pass. It, it seemed like a, a little bit of a murky pace situation. What were you seeing? It, exactly. I, my notes were no speed, terrible race. Uh, one, I at the one, you know, as my top choice, he's five to one. I see that. I don't know. Wait, they're changing the numbers on me. So uh, Durkin's call. So he's now two to yeah, one. Okay. Yeah. The couple yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I had the five and the nine as sort of like, yeah, uh, that, potential just because of the murky pace. So, you know, that's the kind of, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of these dirt races when there's no pace unless you find something. And, uh, you know, this is the kind of race where you could be live to a nice pick four, pick five, and then something just comes out of the blue and, and, and really bites you in the ass. So, uh, I don't know. Um, that's why one of the reasons I've been had a lot of success trying to, um, I don't want to say stick more to pick threes, but when I really like something and I put out a pick five, I'll, I'll play try to play some pick threes in between. And that way, you know, you hit the first three, you've got some money in the bankroll and you've got something to show for it. And if something wild happens in the last two legs, oh, well, you know, it's it's gambling. It doesn't work out. But, you know, then you post a profit. And, you know, I found that it, it also helps you keep your sanity. Yeah, I yeah, the the whole having just an amazing just long shot pick that you hit but not getting paid for it because you're in the pick 5 or something is yeah. is absolutely infuriating. So I I really do like that the the strategy of of coming through and still pressing with the the pick 3 because I mean, if you hit 3 out of 5 races, you should get in a row, you should get yeah. fucking paid. That's just right. just common decency. You should just get paid. Um yeah, I, with this with this race, uh, this kind of thing, I, I like to either lean into jockeys or equipment changes, things like that, that yeah. might give me a clue as to who might actually go. Like, I, I'd be looking for like a, a a Kendrick Carmouche or something in here, and then I look and nope, no Kendrick Carmouche, and then or maybe like a Luis Saez, who's not probably not even there right now. Nope, no Luis Saez. The only thing I can maybe think of is like Monarchs Glenn with with Jose Ortiz, but there are no there are no Equipment moves, there are no medication moves, is just a hard pass for me. Yeah, that's it's tough. I mean, I, I wouldn't say like if if you want to get an action play, you know, like I said, maybe try to get a double to the one or you know, do something in that last race where we were talking about uh some nice prices with the one and the two. You could take them in a double to the one or something like that, but uh build some bankroll that way. Man, we we've done it. The whole card. We've talked the whole damn card. We've given you folks something to something to think about, some well-structured bets. Mark, man, this this has been awesome. It's been really great. Really also really appreciate you going through kind of the the thought behind that uh, your first timers report and like the which I mean the HRN impact thing uh and the like the expected uh you know percentage and everything is part of like all the reports that you do so it's not just for first timers they've got a whole bunch of cool reports mark do you want to tell them where uh, tell people you know what's what's out there and where they can find it yeah if, if you go to picks.horseracingnation.com everything's there uh we've got uh some great uh tip sheets that are there we've got pro reports where we get into uh the pace the shippers first timers uh, a lot of different things that uh sort of kind of between the lines of things you might not have you, you know, you might miss or ask questions. In fact, one of my favorite ones is sire moves. So it tracks uh, 
So if a horse is coming from a situation that, it, you know, maybe it was terrible in the mud and now it's stretching out to a turf route. And, and so it'll literally say that, he, you know, according to his sire, he was 5% in this move last race, but he's 15% in this. And then, you know, it'll be highlighted green as a big positive sire move. And then also uh, the same thing in the reverse, if it's a negative sire move. And, you know, nowadays with synthetic and slop and, Diff, you know, different tracks. I find that incredibly helpful just to eliminate horses and uh, once in a while get on some really nice plays. Yeah. And you mentioned there are some great tip sheets out there. Hell I'm on there. I always, every time Sarah cool. is on the, on the show, she, uh, she always remembers to, uh, to uh, push my sheet for me. Cause I seem to always forget. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I do do that. I do do that. Don't I? Um, That's right. Which, it's good stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm it's checking it, in on it. It's uh, and hey man, it, there's gonna be. I have to go to the wife's uh, thanksmas celebration, which is like a week long. Um, it, it's it's a weird like cult revival for her family. It's like it's very oh. much like, yeah, a, a lot of large men from Iowa because she has like six uncles speaking at like decibels that would cause like a false start in like a completely empty stadium. Like these folks are, wow. are loud, so I'm getting getting my sheets in for this week, and then I'm gonna have to take a take a week off to uh to uh uh oh, man, you, know. you need the excuse to get away hey honey i i gotta i gotta get some work done I yeah gotta, that's uh that's I gotta where go the bad back i gotta that's get where away. the bad back comes in man that's where it's like oh oh yeah. you know i just need to lay here with a pillow under my knees and eat these uh yeah. gum, gummies probably um <laughs> all right well all right awesome check out picks at horseracingnation.com mark it was great to have you love to have you back anytime welcome to friend of the show status uh and yeah uh we got one more episode this week uh of horse racing nation uh which i'd like to point out they have no financial stake in this show um sarah L. bodway from horse racing nation is going to be joining awesome. me uh on uh on uh friday to talk about the uh aqueduct uh late pick five where hopefully we have something to make the jamaican cab drivers say not a mercy